Stories of the human spirit. Candid conversations about action, passion, and love. The Law of Action is about living in balance, moving forward with momentum in inspired action. Overcome challenges, create success, amplify your life, and achieve things you never thought possible. It's all waiting for you. If you're ready to break through your fears and live your life in massive action, this is the show for you. He's a best-selling author, speaker, advisor, your host, Mr. Action himself, Rob Actis. Welcome to the show, Action Takers. Glad to have you here. Living the Law of Action is based on my book, The Law of Action. And I love to connect with the movers and shakers of the world who are passionate about the good they do for others and who listen to their hearts, taking inspired action every single day. If this is your first time joining us or you've been with us for a while, I wanna personally thank you for listening in and being here. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the Living Law of Action show on your favorite podcast platform, including the opportunity to engage on Podopolo. On this show, my guests are incredible, people who are forces for good in the world around them and live a life of inspired action. My guest today, he does just that. In this episode, Chris Cock and I discuss how taking massive action will always result in the best outcomes. If you want to learn how to take massive action and understand when you put your mind to it, there is nothing in this world you can't do. Well, this is the show for you. Chris is a former USC walk-on receiver who personifies the quality of tenacity. He defied the odds to become a member of the legendary USC football program whose story will help anyone who wants to achieve a goal. Chris, welcome to the Living the Live Action Show. Thanks, Robbie. <laughs> Absolutely. Glad to be here. I love it. So so Chris can call me Robbie because I have been dear friends with his dad, Bruce, um, for decades. And, uh, and I just want to give a preference. You hear an echo here because we are actually at the Scottsdale Resort at McCormick Ranch. Beautiful hotel. They hooked us up with this beautiful conference room. It's a little echoey, but you know what? Chris is in town, had to take action, had to get here. So we brought the studio to him because yeah, he's kind of a big deal. All so about that. Let's ex- go. Exactly. So welcome to the Living Live Action Show. You walk on at USC. Now, let's talk more about that. You're almost like the, the underdog so for those who are not into sports, how would you explain exactly how rigorous that is instead of like, they didn't discover you in high school, they, they didn't see you, and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to be at USC. You know, that's a great question, but a lot of the work that goes into it once you get there doesn't even pale in comparison to work, the work that takes prior to getting there. Absolutely. So it's, it's one of those deals where you got to think about it in terms of, what I need to do to bridge the gap because they didn't see me in high school or prior to that. You need to realize where you, were, where you are, where your starting point is, recognize where the level is as a USC receiver. And you need to worry about like, how am I going to bridge that gap? And that's going to be done through taking action. I love it. So, all right. So to understand, so you're in high school and some people are being discovered. They're like, you get a scholarship, you get a scholarship, you get a scholarship. And you had your heart set on going to USC. And they didn't say, Chris, you get a scholarship. Is that pretty much what happened? Well, prior to me playing football my senior year of high school, I was always baseball. Always, okay. always, always baseball. And I had liked football, but I never played tackle. My parents really didn't want me playing tackle a whole bunch. Right. So I was always focused and set on baseball. 
But football really didn't become a part of my life until my senior, my junior year when I got cut from the baseball team. And wow. that was like, a, if you, that's amazing. I'm going to go from baseball yeah. to then being in football. Uh-huh. And then fast forward is playing at USC. Playing at USC. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that, no, just, yeah. It's wild, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So when did you decide? And I talk about this, so decide, plan, and act. So mm-hmm. when did you decide? Did you know that you were an underdog? Like as a junior playing football, you're like, there's no way they're going to discover me. Or did you want them to discover you? And then you discovered that they didn't discover you. So I didn't like a little background prior to that, which definitely help out. I okay. started deciding like, okay, I'm going to play football midway through my second semester of my junior year. And the reason why I did that is because I'm sitting there thinking, I'm looking at all these kids who played at my high school. I'm thinking to myself, like, those kids aren't any better than me. Like, I I know if I put my, like, ass on the line, get where I need to go, work as hard as I can, I can get there. Like, I can get there was playing on the football team at my high school. Right. So it was, as that happened, you're going to think about this. I tore my ACL in my first game as a high school senior. So think about that in the sense of for all those listening out there who don't know much about football recruiting high school. That's a bad thing. Most people are already committed by their junior year. USC, sophomore year. Sophomore and junior year, they're already verbally committed. So, So, okay, so verbally committed meaning that they're committed to go to USC or USC has said- USC offered them a spot. Sophomore. Sophomore, shit. Some people get offered as freshmen now. It's crazy. Really? No, it's wild. It's, it's, it's getting crazy too. And some guys are popping off with like 32 scholarship offers, 50 scholarship offers. That's amazing. And they start when they're like eighth grade. They get on the circuit really early. And so you went from baseball to your first game playing football and you torn your ACL. Yeah. And usually that would be like, Chris is done. That's the death sentence. Yeah, yeah that, you're done. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just, so what happened from there? So... Oh, sheesh. That's a good one. So where I was at, at that point, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, do I want to continue with this? Like, cause that door was firmly closed, right? Like that door is very, very closed. And I was thinking to myself, shoot, what? okay, I'll, I'll play out the season. See if I can get some sort of look, meaning like some sort of playing time towards the Any, end, rehab anything. it. Right, yeah. right. But the problem was my knowledge of like football and the nature of the game, a recruiting game, was so limited. I also didn't even think twice about my ACL. I thought that it was like, okay, I could re- rehab this. I'm 18. Maybe I could get, you know, be straight for the end of the year and get some playoff time. Turns out in my game as a senior, my senior night game, I walk onto the field, play like three or four snaps. Next thing you know, I tear my meniscus. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So I tear my meniscus in that game. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, all right. My brother, actually, he comes up to me after the game and says, Chris, I know you tore your meniscus, but dude, you looked really good out there. Like just the nature of like, whatever, you know? And I felt the same thing. I remember- Okay, just, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, so apparently I'm not a sports guy and apparently I'm not an anatomy guy. So where is your meniscus? It so, sounds painful. So the ACL and meniscus are both in your knee. Imagine- Okay, that's what I, okay, yeah. that's what I thought. So okay. imagine like, Imagine if you're like at a bar stool. Imagine like a bar it's stool. It's those dangly things. Yeah, those those stools that hit the ground. And when you tear your ACL and <laughs> imagine like breaking one of those things. Right. Like if it's compromised, right. the rest are too. Right. Because the ACL is the main stabilizer. Got it. If you if you if you mess with that main stabilizer, 
your SOL because MCL, PCL, meniscus. Right. What happened was when I tore my ACL, my meniscus went next because there's no stabilization. When I try and cut off of it, right. Next thing you know, that ligament's gone. And you're a receiver. Yeah, receiver. So you have to be able to pivot and shift and oh, yeah. move and this and that. And then, yeah, you have to be even even if you're in in tip top shape, there's a chance of you just like injuring yourself anyways. Yeah. And then so you're already injured. So that's even that's yeah even worse. That's the thing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But like I had a real decision point, and I I didn't really get super clear that I was going to walk on at USC until like a year. Like, eh, no, I got off after I got off my operating table for my first surgery. I was like, <laughs> I, I'm playing at USC come hell or high water. It, 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 and that's where the, really the action began. Like the law of action. Began. That's a, de- that's a decision. That's a firm decision yeah. and you have to plan. And then you really have to break through all fear because one, I'm sure you're in pain. Oh yeah. And two, <laughs> you're going to experience more pain because you're going to be engaged on the field. Sure. And yeah. No, absolutely. And the planning part of it was the interesting part, you know, because action, we can, we're going to talk about the action, but absolutely. what people don't really consider in the planning aspects is how many people actually aren't going to support you in your decision. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure people are like, and that's the whole thing about, life is that you have to surround yourself with people Amen. that are going to support you, not necessarily be yes men or yes uh-huh. women, um, but support you in your decision because mm-hmm. only Chris is going to live his life. Yeah, And other people can't live their life. And other people, it's kind of like you don't get financial advice from broke people. Exactly, exactly. So it's hard to get advice for football and to go into a scholarship and do a walk-on unless they've already done that. Mm-hmm. That's no, it's, it's, you hit the nail on the head because I've only talked about this particular story on one other show. And it's really a story that I would always go back to when those times I'd be like getting into the gym where I didn't necessarily want to, you know, those kind of times were like tired or whatever. Right. I was walking into my high school uh, locker room and I'll never forget it. I'll never forget the people who were there. And then there was just one kid. He goes, Chris, are you really going to try to walk on at USC? And this is back before I was even completely sure about where I want what I wanted to do. Oh, so there's rumblings. You're like, oh, they're yeah. not they're not saying, "Hey, Chris, you got a scholarship. We want oh. you." You're like, I'm gonna walk on. This is oh, this is amongst my teammates at Cathedral at my high school. Wow. So they they say, "Are you really gonna walk on?" And I say, "I'm thinking about it." Yeah. And then over the corner, the far corner of the locker room, this one kid goes, "Ha!" starts laughing. And he goes, Chris, you have zero shot at walking on. Can we USC. call him out on this show? Can we just say his name and just I can't. Say- <laughs> I can't. But what I will say is, <laughs> suffice it to say, that kid did right. not play college sports. I didn't tell him a piece of paper, then you can't say it, but I'll say it. No. <laughs> no, I'm not going to come at no, his- No, I got you. I got you. The, I the way his life is transferred, like has transpired is punishment enough for that kid. Absolutely. Because he not only saw me make it, but he saw me make it like in the course of- everything that he did after that. And wow. it's not like, I'm not trying to come out one particular no, person. No, I got you. No, I got because you. Because Robbie, it was everybody. Right. It was everybody. There was, I got, that's why I'm so like, okay with being by myself. Like I'm a, I'm a loner. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I have like the people whom I truly care about. Yeah, your tribe. That's it. Absolutely. You know, I really don't, I prefer like in that aspect of all the adversity and stuff that came with taking all this action right. and the, my ancillary life things that happened at the same time, right. I really recognize that I know I'm a man of faith. Like my faith's most important part, of, important part of my life. Love it. That it was literally just myself, my God, God and my family. Like, yeah. and other than that, like that's why I'm so straight as being by myself. Like, and 
all those times where it was just literally just us. Right. I, 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 you don't, you recognize you don't need that many people. You don't, you need solid people. You need solid people. Like I completely. have an incredible tri- tribe around me that ride or die. I mean, they, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just, it's amazing. And mm-hmm. we're all there for each other and completely. it makes it really simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that there's a general concern of like, you know, we worry about each other, but we don't tell people they can't do stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, the the thing is, and I, and I really want to acknowledge you for overcoming that. Mm-hmm. And that's what stops a lot of people. Yeah. And the biggest thing is, is that they are so afraid themselves that they're going to lash out at Completely. you. Because yeah, yeah. they're just looking in the mirror and like, I can't make it. They'll nev- so, that's the thing. Like, absolutely. They, they knew that they couldn't play at USC. Right. I, I, the problem was, here's where they weren't wrong. I was by no means the level, at that point, the level of where I needed to be to play at USC. Right. I'm going to be completely straight. Right. And I, in order for you to be completely real with who you are and where you are, you need to be straight about, I am here here is where I need to be. Right. If you lie to yourself and say you're here when you're really here, and I'm obviously like point A when you need to be at point Z, right. and you think you're at point Z, right. you're just you're cheating yourself. Well, it's kind of like people say, fake it till you make it. Yeah. Now, there's a, a way to fake it till you make mm-hmm. it, but you can't be all smoke and mirrors. You can't be all smoke and mirrors. Because I if I was cool. to walk on, if I just said, I'm just this football player and I was to walk on at USC, I would die. You know, it's kind of like the people, you know, I was talking to someone the other day to change from football to boxing. It's a sports show here on the Leaving the Live Action Show. They were talking, man, I'd stay in the ring. I'd get hit one time for a million bucks by Mike Tyson. I said, you would die. You would. Like you would just die. Iron Mike will still take you out. Exactly. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so there's that, there's that fine line between fake it till you make it. Yeah. And then having the confidence to know that you have to take those stepping stones. Mm-hmm. You, the thing with I think it's one of those things too, especially in society today, everyone's like trying to be so consumed with followers and all this and that. And when in reality, it's like, you need to be developing the skills and the talents that will get you what you want. You need to, you need to be developing, like, think about it like this. McDonald's doesn't worry about brand building because they have a product that they want, that that, that people want, you know? So people come to them and then it's the same, it's the same thing. You need to be developing the skills. For instance, like, Let's just use me as example. Had I been all about USC football, USC football, USC football, and not done the work to get me there, right? I would have been fucked. Absolutely. Like nine different ways because there is nowhere to hide out there. You're in a phone booth and like the entire world, especially like when you're trying to walk on, right? everybody's looking at you. Absolutely, I you've can got, imagine. You've got, you've literally got like my time when I tried out, it was literally myself and two other guys. And every, the head coach was there, strength coach was there, everybody else was there. They were right there. And it was after a Friday practice. And it was the most nerve wracking 72 hours of my life after that day. Because I had no idea that they weren't going to text me until the fourth day when they said they're going to text me on the wow. third day. Okay, so what kind of support do you get from the other players? All the, all the, the non-walk-ons, the ones that have the deal, that have the... Do they, are they supportive of you? Like, come oh, on, yeah. you can do this? So the thing is, like, once you get onto the roster, it's a, you're, you're a brotherhood, you know? Okay. You're, like, you're family. So there's right. no real, like, dissonance between scholarship guys and walk-on guys okay. in the locker room, so to speak. Okay. But, I mean, walk-on guys are always going to be the scout team guys. They're always going to be the ones to right. like give the first team defense, like run the plays that Utah or Notre Dame would be running. Right. And you're going to be doing that. That's your role. Right. You got to perform in that role because they will take you out as quickly as they push you in. 
And that's that's the God's honest truth. You got to be able to deliver. And the, you got to ball. Absolutely. Ball. So with the law of action, you decide, you plan, and you act. Mm-hmm. And you get to adjust and pivot. It oh, doesn't yeah. have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And you can take baby steps. And the one thing that I think, you know, you can say if this happened to you, but just from your story, is that when you when you do the law of action and you're taking action and not just the law of attraction, mm-hmm. which is, I want to be on USC mm-hmm. football, but you're taking that, yeah. it creates a momentum. And when yeah. you have the momentum, life and the universe, God, everything says, Chris, you're playing here mm-hmm. and now you're playing here. And it's almost like magic. Yeah. A new opportunity comes right it's in wild. front of you. People just appear and new ideas mm-hmm. and new thoughts and the ways you're looking at things just happen. Completely. That momentum. No, yeah. completely. Because it's funny you bring that up because one of my favorite quotes I didn't discover until after I was playing at SC was when you're willing, God is able. Yeah. That's one of my favorite quotes. Love it. One of the pastors who I frequent in LA, his name is Pastor Josh in uh, Legacy City Church. He um, he said that one day and I was going there just on a Sunday. It was like normal day. I was going to practice the next day. I was like, wow, that's profound. Because I look back on it and think to myself, like I took all the action in the world. I was doing everything I needed to do. I was gym relentlessly, working out with receiver coaches, eating what I needed to eat. I was so, so, so committed to this. I, I found my faith through it, obviously, too. But I stopped drinking. I still, to this day, don't drink. Right. I got really serious about it. Like I, and it just became, Well, you were taking action. I was you taking know, action. So, you know, yeah. A lot of people just want something to happen and they just sit on the couch and want it to happen. Oh, that's you, the thing, you, yeah. You, you know, if I want to get across that room, I have to take the steps. You got to walk. Absolutely. Yeah. And, People don't realize that. They no, that's the thing too. It's so, I think it's such a, I think that like we're talking, this conversation is such a microcosm of society today too. So yeah. I mean, everybody wants the end goal, but nobody wants to put in the work. Okay, so I'll share something with you. It's kind of funny. So, yeah. you know, I wanted to be in radio since I was five years old. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> it's just, it's in my book. It's the most embarrassing story. But I was doing everything to not be in radio. Now, I kind of hung out at a radio station when I was 16. Mm-hmm. And then I, I worked at a, um, uh, I went to college and was in the radio. And my buddy worked at B100 FM in San Diego. Oh. And then I was DJing and then I got a job at Minolta. And this is the funniest thing. He's like, I was like, oh man, I'm so, he goes, you really want to get a radio? Yeah. And he goes, so do you just think that they're just going <laughs> to knock on your door and say, you know, hi yeah. Rob, we're here. <laughs> And the most amazing thing is I actually believe that. That's the crazy part. And so I was making, man, this is back in the eighties. I was making probably five. I just got a job in Minolta making like five, $6,000 a month. It was crazy. Okay. I sold copiers. It was unreal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. I, they took more money in taxes than I'd ever made ever in a check. Holy cow. So he said, you got to get a job at a radio station. I'm like, oh my God, I never thought of that. Yeah. Like I never <laughs> thought of that. So what I did was I walked into my boss and I quit. I just quit Minolta. Minolta. Yeah. Yeah. And I went and I got a job as a switchboard operator at KFMB B100 at the front desk. Wow. And making four ten an hour. Oh my gosh. Working 10 hours a week. Uh (laughs) (laughs) But I had to be in that environment. Mm -hmm. But I actually thought, yeah. And a lot of people do this and I'll, I'll be transparent. I really thought that I was going to get discovered without taking, right. the, I was taking ancillary action, but I wasn't taking the action like you're doing. Yeah. So it's very inspiring what you did. And, you know, I could have listened to this podcast. I would have saved a lot of time because I could have been in radio earlier, <laughs> but I did the walk on thing on radio. So no, yeah, yeah, it's a thing. Cool. You got, I think that the best lesson with that, because 
if I'm being completely open, humble, open, and transparent myself, absolutely. I at the beginning. It's of just my, you and me, Chris. Yeah. It's just you and me. <laughs> at the beginning of my journey, like right after I got surgery, I was I. I wasn't as like honest with my like current level, and like I thought that it was going to be one of those deals where. I got the opportunity through for SC through something else. Like I, I, the ancillary action right. wasn't putting in the effort where I needed to be. Right. Like, where I, my real development came towards the end of my journey. I got denied by USC three times. I went to three junior colleges in two years. Wow. So yeah. So it was just one of those things where there's a lot of, like I said, we've been using ancillary right. a lot, a lot of ancillary, like I, love that word, ad, I know it's an awesome word. Yeah, the word of the day. It's, <laughs> okay. But a lot of, ad, adversity beyond that, that I haven't like really talked about publicly, but it's just one of those deals where like you just keep pressing on, you know, Absolutely. like, and you learn through yourself because the person who want, who made that decision to walk on at USC in 2016 was not the same person who was grinding their ass off in 2017 and 18 to get there. It took all sorts of lessons in my life to develop, to mature. And once I got there, I'll tell you what, like, that's how I kind of live my life today. I, I understand like the lessons that I learned. I look back and I like detest almost who I was because right. I think life's really about growth and you are a product of the experience that you have. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so like real development comes from failure and dealing with adversity. And I think if you live in a world where you're just bubble wrapped the whole time, not only is it terrible just for the people deal- you're dealing with because they don't want to deal with you, right? but it's really, really bad for that person too because you can try and give somebody the world. Right. But at the end of the day, if they don't learn, they don't mature and they don't fail, oh my gosh, I'll tell you what, they're not going to be set up. Yeah, and I see a lot of people in society today, especially kids, um, that have been you know, protected with that bubble wrap, mm-hmm. the kids, and they don't know how to survive mm-hmm. in this world. And oh. that's really scary. You it's know, scary. You know, they talk about from, from, a, from a Christian thing, you know, Jesus talked about, you know, you can give me fish or you can teach a man to fish. Yeah. You got to teach these kids to fish. You got to teach them to fish you for gotta sure. T- and you got to no. let them, you got to yeah. let them fail. It's the hardest thing in the world. I have a 22 year old daughter. It's the hardest thing in the world yeah. to let her fail. Oh, it it's, really it, is. It is. I and it I is. feel incredibly, um, uh, just, it pains me to have her fail. Mm-hmm. And if I don't let her fail, she's going to fail forever. I bet that's a real interesting dichotomy as a dad. I've never, I'm not a dad yet. Right. I'm only 23 for everybody yeah. listening. Yeah, no, I got it. <laughs> but um, no, the, I bet that's really interesting because I don't think about it from that perspective yet because you as a dad, like you would literally do just about anything for your daughter. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And then at the same time, if you're nerfing her from the world and from experiences, how do you like get that lesson across in the same way? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a tough one. Yeah. So, so my daughter, 22 years old, um, she just moved back home. So she, she broke off an engagement with her fiance nice. in Georgia. Wow. Um, he was going to help her pack and drive the truck from Georgia to Arizona. Wow. And at the last moment, he decided that he wasn't going to do that. Holy shit. <laughs> exactly. And so dad, wow. it was one of the biggest weeks of my life. This happened I, this week. Just a couple weeks ago. So Holy what I did shit, was Bobby. I bought a ticket. Got her moving truck, yeah, and I flew to Guyton, Georgia, population wow. thirteen hundred. Holy shit! We packed up the truck. We we got her, you know, her her dog, her hundred five pound mastiff. He's got a, she's got a Connie Corso. You're telling me about yeah, that? Yeah, Connie Corso. About to get one. Yeah, and beautiful dog. It's I love the dog. What color? It's black. Oh, that's what I'm getting too. It's beautiful. I'm gonna it's name him Cross. Dog. Yeah. So we drove across. 
And she's living with dad now. It's very difficult. She's not financially set up to to be on her own. And so I'm giving her a place to land. Mm-hmm. And I have I had the original truck from when she was 17 years old before wow. she moved back to Georgia. I've been just kind of working on. And so I gave it to her. It's kind of a beater. It's a Jeep Cherokee. But, you know, I told her the other day, and she's doing great. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. She's doing so great. You know, she when you get beat up like that, and, and unfortunately, she was with a guy who 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 wasn't super nice to her and, well, and kind of really knocked sucks. her down. He knocked her down. You know, guys do that, That's unfortunately. Some guys do. No, yeah, some guys do. Exactly. Sure. And she's absolutely gorgeous. She's extraordinary. And I told her, I said, you know, I'm really proud of you. I, I'm so humbled by everything that you have done and overcome. You just keep fighting. And yeah. I know this is a really difficult time. I would love to wave a magic wand and buy you your brand new car. I would love to just give you money. Mm-hmm. And it's the hardest thing that I've ever had to do. And I can't. I can give you room and board and the rest you have to figure out yeah. because I may not be here tomorrow. That's a crazy thing. And so it's the very difficult thing because I could, I could set her all up, yeah. but it doesn't help her and empower. Yeah. And since I've been doing that, she's taking baby steps and I'm so proud of her in, awesome. in so many ways. And she is going to thrive. Like yeah. she's going to be on her own. She went and she put her mind to it that she wanted to to go work at Boot Barn. She's got an interview with them and mm-hmm. it's just powerful. So it was from coming from a dad, it's hard. I bet. And your dad, your dad can wave a magic wand and make things happen. Sure. He's extremely powerful. And it's difficult as parents to pull back. And, you know, you guys as kids think we're being mean. We're not. We're trying to give you the life experience mm-hmm. so you can- Learn to fish. Yeah, for sure. No, and that's a, that's a thing that's like, my dad definitely, there was, when I was doing all the work to get me and taking all the action, right? I knew I needed some form of like, I needed a blessing. You know, yeah. I, I really needed yeah. that. Because like at USC is one of those places where anybody playing high school football would accept an offer from. It's like, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. like. Yeah, it's so, USC. Like, I, I know that. You it's know, not a sports guy. I know that USC thing. is yeah. kind of a big deal. Yeah, so like, it ended up being who, how I got the in to USC. So one of my dad's fraternity brothers was knows this one coach at a big time school in Orange County. Right. And the, that coach happens to have put a lot of players into USC through scholarship. A lot of kids who I played with at USC went to that school. Right. And my dad reached out to the, his friend and said, you know anybody who works in the football program? And that guy happened to be like, yeah, I can talk to this coach. And the coach said, I can get you the number of one of the player personnel guys, but that's about it. And that number came through my right. dad's connections. And that's the way that I actually got my foot in the door. Yeah. And see, that's not waving a magic wand. No. So as parents, like I can give her a place to land. Mm-hmm. I can, I can give her a car. I can help her with little mm-hmm. things like that. And that's a way, but you know, to just do everything for her, it's really, it's a really bad idea. It's a bad idea. Uh-huh. It's a bad idea. And, and, you know, and as you get older, you'll realize like yeah. when you become, when you have kids of your own, you're mm-hmm. going to go, oh, no, I bet. Cause, Cause I talk to your dad all the time and I yeah. know what, you know, and it's like, you, you, you want to do for your kids. Yeah. No, I, that's the thing. Like I, we've gone through some like times, like I'm yeah. being like, kind of vague about it but we've gone you. through some really really difficult times as a family yeah like in just about every aspect so it's like one part of those things where you actually grow through your family too you've been at the bottom you know yeah. so we've seen all that kind of shit and once you get that kind of stuff your perspective about the world changes in a completely 
Yeah. What were you saying? No, no, I was going to say, so one of the things that, that, and I love this, and this has been on every podcast. So you're young, you're 23 years old. You haven't had a whole lot of life experience, but I will tell you all the life experience that you've had has made you who you are today, which Absolutely. is pretty freaking extraordinary. Thank you. So the question I would Glory ask is, if you, had a, if you had a magic wand, you could go back and you could just pick and choose and change your past, all the negative stuff that's happened, would you go back and Absolutely change it? Absolutely fucking not. Exactly. Absolutely. Let me, let me say that again. Absolutely fucking not. And I, I try my best not to like use expletives, yeah. but in the interest of being completely transparent and being completely authentic, I will not, I could not be where I am today, accomplish right. what I need to or have accomplished what I have right. without the adversity. Because the person, like I said to you about five, 10 minutes ago, the person who was trying to make that team, right. who was soft, party boy, I'll tell you what, that boy isn't fucking touching the sides of what I needed to get. Right. So I needed to come, I needed to go underneath. I needed to go underground. I needed to be, and then become a complete fucking savage to get where I am now. Yeah. So, and the thing is now it's like, you become, once you go through that shit, like the tough, you go through the mud a little bit you really become somebody different. Yeah, in order to have success, you have to be the person that you need to be to yeah. have the success that you want. Yeah, you need to change. You right. need to change because- You know, and, and I don't wish anything bad on anybody. And if you have a great childhood and you're j jamming through life, God bless you. However, I will say that people that have had challenges in their life, every single one of them, and I'm talking about on some of my shows- Sex trafficking, um, married off when they were 16 years yeah. old, um, Sheesh. molestation, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. You know, um, myself, I was in an armed robbery. I had a 357 Magnum put to my forehead. Yeah. I had multiple near death experiences. I think experiences. you told me that well, last time we, when you were yeah. when we at the, uh, the yeah. hot rod shop. Absolutely. And so crazy stuff has happened. I wouldn't change any of it. Not a damn thing. Nothing. Not like, a fucking thing. Nothing because I am a really strong man mm -hmm. because of what I've gone through. And you're a strong man because of what you've gone so, through. Yeah, no, it's like a lot of the things that you don't see, like, let me put it this way. I'm from San Diego, obviously. Like, And I went to some nice schools growing yeah. up. You yeah. know, we were like fine financially. Absolutely. But like there are times when you hit that downturn, you know, you hit that like rock bottom. Yeah. You, you, you change and you, your perspective changes. And then once you get back and you're on your come up again, you go past these people whom you had previously been like acquainted with. You almost, you don't have anything in common with them. Right. You don't like right. you, you see them like, what, what do we have to talk about? Like you guys have stayed the same. Like I've gone to hell and back a couple different times. Right. Seen the world, seen like these difficult parts of the world, like, moved out, slept on air mattresses, like right. pull out couches, like all you. that kind of shit, you know? Yeah, so it's yeah. like, you, you just don't relate. And that's kind of the part that I don't know if it's as like, I don't know if it's part of just the aspect of growth, why these kids who I grew up with didn't click with me as I continue to develop is because like I stayed, they stayed the same and I kept going. Right. But what I will say is that you don't think about things the same way. You really, really don't. And that's really the God's honest truth about it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing how, there are actually blessings. What you think is just crap in your life. Yeah. It, it makes you who you are. Seriously. And it's, it's incredible what you have done, um, what you're going to accomplish mm -hmm. in all the future. I'll ask you a fun question. Today, yeah. 2021, look in the future. Mm -hmm. Where's Chris in 2026? My goal is Forbes 30 under 30. Love it. That's my next goal. 
I'm part of, I'm got to be completely a little, let me honest with you, Robbie. I got to be a little bit vague right now. No, I got you. No, I know. We're, we're in this, yeah, like, I, as close to being under NDA as I can be. Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. So like, I got you. Everything I moves, have. everything moving that direction. That's a very, very attainable goal. Absolutely. And my next goal is 25 by my first building, apartment building, nice. multifamily. Nice. So, but you know, my goal, next goal is 30 to 30. That's, I love it. And I, I, that's the thing. I've always had this desire to do good in the world through creating wealth and like looking at being the person whom people can look at and think that's a real financial steward. Someone who God would be proud of is using their wealth for the good. Cause Luke 19, use your worldly wealth for good. Love you know? It. So a lot of these people are so like, especially in the faith, they're like so touchy touchy about finances. And it's like one of those things. It's like, they really don't look at it from a particular way. Like you don't, you, it's money is not evil. Like it's a priority. No, by no, you're, you, you I'm know? sure you're a great steward of the yeah. money of, over other people. So yeah. you, I, I wish you incredible success and a lot of abundance. And, and I, I think there's enough to go around. So I think so I think too. And can I say one more thing? You can say two more things. So I know you touched on it too. The reason why, and this is something that your listeners, people, like-minded individuals will probably really like. I know that you can do these really big, crazy aspirational goals. When you put your mind to it, like you just said, there isn't a damn thing in this world that you can't do. There isn't. There isn't a fucking thing in this world that you can't do. And that's the God's honest truth because I am living proof of that. My, my percentages of playing at USC as close to zero as they can get. Absolutely. I'm serious. Like I, no, I, I got I, it. I've been on like the record saying- Dude, that. I drove from Gilbert, Arizona to Scottsdale and I don't drive for very many people. I brought my <laughs> studio to you because- you're kind of a big deal. Thank you, Robbie. I Absolutely, appreciate man. that. Absolutely. Hey, if you want to reach out to Chris, you can reach him on on the gram at the Chris Cock. It's C-A-U-L-K. It'll be in the show notes. And I guess I see him. He's here on TikTok at the Chris Cock. I just love it. So <laughs> thanks so much for being here today. Thank man. you, Robbie. Much appreciated. Absolutely. And uh, thanks, big thanks to the folks at the uh, Scottsdale Resort at McCormick Ranch for uh, giving us this incredible room. Ron, awesome. Thank you for that. Thank Absolutely. you guys. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy and precious day to listen. We so appreciate it. Thank you for allowing me, along with my very special guest, Chris Cock, to touch your heart, move you, inspire you. Remember, take time out to breathe. Don't let fear stop you. Decide, plan, and act. I'm Rob Actis. Until next time, live a life of massive inspired action. Thank you for listening to the Living the Law of Action show with Mr. Action, Rob Actis. Please rate, review, and subscribe.